Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is episode 32. When is a problem not a problem? Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here. Because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. In the last episode, I talked about coaching yourself before coaching others. Here are some additional thoughts about that, and this has to do with problem solving, because we know that problems are everywhere, and we love to discuss them. We're all riddled with problems, and I think it's getting worse, is it not? Or is it? I want you right now to think of two problems that you're experiencing at work. What are they? Here are some examples I hear. We're short-staffed. My coworker's not working as hard as I am. There's a lot of anxiety in my team. Morale is down. We could be working more collaboratively in our company. My leader has no vision. We don't have a strategic plan. Turnover is too high. Employee retention is too low. There's a laundry list. (laughs) And are these problems? We would probably say absolutely yes. A problem, by definition, is a deviation or a gap. It means something is not up to standard or our expectations. But here's another thought. Sometimes we see something that we perceive as negative in our heads and we label it a problem. But is it? So let's say for an example, an employee's not following a process or procedure. That's a problem, right? But what actually is the problem? Is there a quality problem because they're not following the process? Or does it bother us because they're not following the rules, even when they might have an effective outcome? The outcome is the important element here. So that is what constitutes a potential problem. There's a deviation or a gap. Here's another example, being short-staffed. I hear this so much, and I know many organizations are. But I could still be down one or two employees and still manage the workload by distributing the work differently, or even by reprioritizing or saying no to lower priority projects. So not having a full staff is not necessarily a problem if I state it in that way. However, it could be if I said, we have X hours of work to do within the team, and we have Y hours of people power available in a team. So presumably, 
the work we have is more than the people we have to do it. That's a problem and that's a gap. What's interesting about this shift in our thinking and communication is by stating the problem in this way, we can open the door to how to solve the problem that may or may not involve adding staff. So you might be thinking, oh my gosh, seriously, why is this important? (laughs) Because, and why it's important is because our thoughts generate emotions. And because these thoughts are negative, they're going to generate negative emotions for us. And negative emotions tend to generate actions that are less productive. And those actions contribute to a lack of results. What it means is that we're spending more time on negative thoughts rather than constructive problem solving. And I know you want to focus on constructive problem solving, not just ruminating on negative thoughts. So what's so important to understand is that a lot of times our brain presents us with negative thoughts and we consider those thoughts a fact. We believe our brains. Our brain offers us something negative. Oh my gosh, here's what's happening. And we believe it. We accept it. If we think, oh my gosh, morale is down, then we feel anxious or maybe we feel guilty or inadequate. Like we need to fix it, change it, improve it. But sometimes we think things are problems, but we actually have little control over solving them. Here's an example. The perception that my coworker is not working as hard as I am. There are several problems with this statement because one, we actually don't know if it's true. Is it a fact or is it an opinion? And secondly, what's the, what's the actual problem? Does that person's work affect us? Or do we resent them because we feel it's unfair? And what are we doing to solve the problem? Or can we? Because we could go talk to the person, which most of us would not do because like, we would feel uncomfortable doing that. Or we could go talk to our boss. And would we do that? Because what is the real problem and what is the real solution? This is important to communicate problems constructively and effectively, because if we don't, we will lose credibility because of it. So at the end of the day, is this a problem that we believe we can or should solve? Does it matter? And is it worth the mental energy we are expending on it or not? How is that thought serving us? And is there value to it? And I am certainly not here to say, ignore problems. It is important to solve problems, improve the work environment, and improve work practices. I believe that 100%. At the same time, I also believe that we characterize a lot of our negative thoughts as problems. And then those problems bother us. Oh my gosh, we stew on them. They affect our mood, they create stress, and they prevent us from solving more pressing problems. So what are we going to do about this? What I want to offer you is five considerations for thinking about problems in a way that actually fosters active problem solving. Here's number one. Is this actually a negative thought that your brain is offering you or is it a legitimate problem to be solved? Is it valuable to use your brain energy on the issue? Here's an example. There is anxiety on my team. 
And that may absolutely be true. And it may absolutely be a function of the world we live in right now. We may not be able to prevent anxiety in our team. Can we solve that problem? We might just consider accepting it as true and trying to be empathetic to alleviate anxiety on our team. There may actually be no additional concrete solution needed. It may be a situation that is inevitable and it will pass. It doesn't necessarily have to be a significant problem to be solved. Rather, it is a situation to be understood. Number two, what is the gap between the current state and the gold standard or the best practice? Because the definition of a problem is actually a gap. So if we take the example, we could be working more collaboratively in our company. What does that mean? And how do you know that's true? What is the real gap? We could say something like, um, if we go back to employee turnover, industry standard for employee turnover is X and our company is Y. There is a gap. Or workload is X. Current time available from my team is Y. Those highlight a gap. And that's important to frame our problems in the form of a gap. So if we want to talk about collaboration as a problem, we need to present it as a gap. What is the gap between being non-collaborative and collaborative? What is the gap? The third one is, what are the facts in the situation and do we have any data to support our thoughts? Make sure that you're stating facts and not just expressing assumptions or opinions. Find data or evidence. If you think morale is down, how do you know this? And this is important to be talking about facts and having evidence or data because it builds our credibility to have that information. If not, we're stating an opinion. Number four, what are the consequences of the gap not being closed or addressed? This answers the question, does it matter? So if I think a problem is we need a strategic plan, the question is why? What is currently happening or not happening that requires or necessitates a plan? Or my manager doesn't have a vision for our team. What challenges do that actually pose for the team? short and long-term. And again, for each of these examples, I'm not suggesting that there aren't consequences because I do believe there are. What I would offer is that we should be prepared and we should articulate what the consequences are, be knowledgeable about them and communicate them effectively. And number five, how do we frame the problem in a way that we can identify multiple options for solving it. What this means is our brains tend to think in black and white. For example, we're short-staffed. Oh, that means we need to hire more people. Oh, we need a strategic plan. The solution is get a plan. If we don't have a vision, it means we need a vision. If we're not collaborative, it means we need to be more collaborative. And what those thoughts offer us is one solution. And if we don't frame the problem in a way that is bigger, broader, and more comprehensive, then we're going to oversimplify the solution. 
like I'm short-staffed, I need more people. And that's not necessarily true. So for all of these suggestions that I would offer you about the difference between negative thoughts and actual problems is that a lot of those negative thoughts might legitimately be problems. How we frame them and communicate them to others is an opportunity to either gain credibility and gain buy-in to solving the problem or not. We need to be good role models for problem solving because this is also about stress management. This is about coaching ourselves first before we talk about things that aren't necessarily legitimate problems because our brains will constantly give us negative thoughts. And often we see those negative thoughts as problems. And soon, you know what? We have 3,452 problems to be solved. But that's not true because that just causes us and those around us anxiety. What I want for you is to think about problems that require your focus and attention and solve those. Let the other thoughts be. So let's go back to your original problem. Is it a negative thought or is it a problem? What is the gap between the current state and the gold standard or best practice? What are the facts in the situation and do you have any data to support your thoughts? What are the consequences of the gap not being addressed? Does it matter? And the last question is, how can you frame the problem in a way that allows for multiple options for solving it. Again, I want you to think about the problems that require your focus and attention. Solve for those. If you can't answer those five questions, that might just be a negative thought that is taking your time and attention. Let those thoughts be. Let them go. You have the permission to do that. Thank you so much for listening today. And please feel free to share this podcast with others who you think may benefit. And also join me next time. We're going to continue on this path about considering problem solving and thinking about critical thinking and how biases affect us.